forward to this day all week long. And we're ready for the Lord's blessing. Yes. Like that song, there shall be showers of blessing. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. Mm -hmm. Now our class discussion this morning is um, going to be Christ has made us free. Now, to some extent, people that are, are born in the last several generations, uh, they've become accustomed to what I call Christian jargon. You know, saved, faith. They don't always mean what the Bible means when they say that, but they're accustomed to that jargon. Free isn't so much one of those words. You don't hear them talk about being free a lot. And yet freedom is at the heart of the things, or I should say very a very central part of the salvation of God in Christ Jesus. Yes. It's essential to our salvation. Among, among the race of man, there are no free agents. The only reference in Scripture to the free will of man is found in Ezra, in chapter 7 and verse 13, when Artaxerxes made a, he says, I make a decree that all they of the people of Israel and of his priests and Levites in my realm, which are minded of their own free will to go up to Jerusalem, go with thee. I say I had nothing to do. Uh, God had directed that this should be done, but he wasn't doing it because he himself had any free will to do the will and work of God. In fact, that wasn't really even in the forefront of his thinking. It was on the earth. Any legitimate claim to freedom must have the components of from and to. So we're going to talk about freedom in Christ Jesus. We're going to start in John chapter 8 and verse 31 through 36. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Mm -hmm. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Mm -hmm. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Mm -hmm. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever, abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Now you can tell from their answer that they really, they really didn't know what he was talking about. He was talking about something higher, about being free from sin. And they went right, right to the earth. You know, we were never. First off, it wasn't the truth. They had been, they had been slaves in other countries multiple times, and the judges, uh, about every forty years, it seemed like mm -hmm. somebody was overtaking them, and then they had extended judgments from God, where they were, uh, they were the the slaves of other countries, notably Babylon. So they've forgotten a lot to make that statement. And here they are talking to Jesus who knows all things. Yeah. And they're telling him they've never been in bondage to any man. But he didn't respond to them in kind to that. Go ahead. They were living under the dominion of, of Rome. Rome. At the time. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Right. But you notice that, that Jesus didn't bother arguing with them yeah. about, well, yeah, well, you, do you remember Babylon? Do you remember Egypt? Do you remember? He didn't do that. He went back to his point. 
He that sinneth is the servant of sin. You are in bondage. You just haven't identified your bondage correctly. Bondage is much greater than being in servitude to a person, to a man. This is a bondage that affects the fact that you don't have any relation with God that's beneficial. So, and then whenever he talks about the son abideth ever, he's talking about, he's talking about a freedom that has no end. It doesn't vacillate. It doesn't fluctuate. It doesn't end. It's a consistent, reliable, eternal freedom. You don't have to worry about bondage again if you are in this freedom that he's talking about. Now, in Romans 8 and verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. A law is uh, something that um, is irrefutable. It is the way of things. That's why they call it a law. Whenever God gave his law, there weren't any addendums. There weren't any changes. You didn't go back and chisel it, you know, a different way or it's not like a constitution. It's a law. The law, we've said it before, the law of gravity, the law of thermodynamics. Mm -hmm. Nature, without the intervention of God to do something different, it does It's always that way. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In order for the law to change, God would have cha- had to change. Right. It's a re- reflection of his person, of his character. That's right. Yeah. Yep. That's right. So it's unchangeable. So this law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. it is, it's going to always do the same thing. It's yeah. a law. Amen. And the spirit of uh, sin and death, mm-hmm. the, the the law of sin and death yeah. is always going to do the same thing. Yeah, right. It's never going to change. We turn over to Galatians 5 and verse 1. It says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Every time you hear the apostles and Jesus speak of freedom and bondage, you should always be thinking about life and death, yeah. righteousness and unrighteousness, profane and holy. Those are the categories that this freedom and, and this bondage fall into. Mm-hmm. Romans 8 and 1 There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life, and we just had that, in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. The condemnation is assigned completely to the things of flesh, uh, the things that are destined to pass away when the Lord returns. Everything that is of the earth or of of the first creation, which was defiled by the sin of man, everything, that's under condemnation. And that's what we were before Christ. That's all we had before Christ is what we had inherited from Adam. So we were under condemnation. Whenever Jesus, uh, in another place, he said, uh, I come not to condemn the world. The world, but to save the world, the world was condemned already. Mm-hmm. Whenever he came and he preached, his preaching was not in order to condemn. The law was given to condemn sin. Yes. To to make men, to make sin exceedingly sinful, mm-hmm. because they knew when they got the law, they knew what to do, what was right, and they didn't do it anyway. So it made sin, it showed the exceeding sinfulness of sin. 
how bad it was, how ugly it was, how wrong it was. But when Jesus preached, he preached to a people already condemned, and his message was salvation. He came to seek and to save those that are lost. He came to bring us to God. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's the gospel of Christ. Everything about Jesus is good news to the believer. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24... It says, no man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. And just in case we didn't catch it, he said, ye cannot serve God and mammon. Mm -hmm. You cannot say, now when Paul said, "With, with my mind, I serve the law of God. But, and then he lamented about the law of, of sin that was in his members. But he didn't give in to that. He subjected the members because he that was in him was greater than he that is in the world, including your old self. But you cannot... Uh, people seem to think there's a like a no-man's land between righteousness and unrighteousness that there's this wide field separating them. If you are in there, somehow you're going to make it to the good side. You're mostly good. You're mostly, you know, do what's right. You mostly. So you think, okay, that's got to count for something. Well, you have to set that along the standard of the righteousness of God. And if you fall short in any any part of that, you're still the servant of sin. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Brother Yes, sir. Go ahead, brother. Yes, I've become acutely aware in the last few weeks that the Jews were, they would say to Jesus, we are Abraham's seed. Mm -hmm. That this same thing is happening in Christendom. People are being taught to say, I am the child of God. I am this, I am. But see, that, that kind of language is not found in Scripture. God says you are, you are, you are. But when it comes to your personal profession of faith, you do not spout these sayings. See, people are saying the same thing about Christ that the Jews said about Moses and following Uh him. Mm -hmm. They're talking it the same way. Mm -hmm. But in Christ Jesus, we're not taught to repeat who we are. We're taught to live in Mm-hmm. Agreement with who we are. Yeah. It's all right. difference in the world. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I can tell you, I've, I've known many people who have accepted that doctrine, and have done it, and there isn't any evidence of power, in in that. Mm-hmm. They're still trying to make it happen on their own, because it's not coming from somewhere else. Yes. You cannot go around and say, "I am a child of God." I am a child of God. No, God's got to claim you before you you know you can acknowledge the goodness of God and what he's done and the Amen. changes but yeah. you don't make yourself a child of God Amen. yeah you know the men can deceive themselves mm-hmm. because they don't see things as they really are that which one that says well there is some good in me he's speaking out of an ignorance mm-hmm. that he doesn't realize he's dead that's right. I'm talking about between him and God. He's right. dead. He doesn't have... So spiritual realities are like he can't understand them. So he's judging according to the flesh. That's he's right. saying, well, I don't kill my neighbor, mm-hmm. so I must be better than the guy who kills his neighbor. But see, that, that that's, a, that's a skewed judgment because it's just you're focusing on you first, and, and that's never going to... It's never going to produce righteousness. Yeah, you're comparing what you want to be compared to. Yeah. But it, it says in Scripture, and it says it twice in different places, there is none righteous. There's none that seeketh God. There's none righteous. No, not one. Yes. Not one. Amen. Amen. There's, there's no room in Christ for assumptions. That's yeah. right. In assumption, you end up disagreeing with God on some on some issue. You disagree with God. Mm-hmm. You'll pick out what yeah. 
this brother flesh, you'll pick out what you want to believe, and then if something is in Scripture, now this is something in Scripture right. that contradicts what you believe, you reject that. Mm -hmm. yes. That's what that's what Or reinterpret it. In, in, in assumption, when you're assuming, you are told to examine yourself to see if you are in the faith. That's, that's, right. that's the issue. Are you yeah. in the faith? That's mm -hmm. the question. Right. Amen. Are you in the faith? Mm -hmm. If you yeah. are, you can examine yourself and you'll find evidences. Yes. And it won't be what you say. Uh -huh. The evidence won't be what you say. Yeah. The evidence will be what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, you know, whenever at, at, when we first started out with Jesus saying mm -hmm. that who the Son makes free mm -hmm. is will, will be free, what? Indeed. Indeed. That's exactly what it means. Indeed means, yeah, it'll it'll evidence itself. It won't be a vain, hollow profession without any evidence. You will be, you'll know. You'll have the testimony in yourself that that you were you were made a new creature. You have newness in you. That didn't exist before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is the same thing that James was saying when he said, mm -hmm. he said, um, uh, Yea, a man will say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. He says, Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Mm -hmm. yes. Amen. The, the, the um, apostles and Jesus spoke about a falling away. Yes. What the falling away amounts to is the manner of life didn't comport with the manner of profession. Mm -hmm. There was a contradiction. That's what falling away is. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. not living according to the profession. And so what that make then the profession doesn't count. It doesn't count even in heaven. It doesn't count. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Brother David? Um, if a person says they're a child of God, it doesn't mean they are. And if a person, I mean, it, God makes people his children. Yes. But a person can claim something falsely, and a person can say they're free from sin, or free from bondage, and yet not be free. Mm -hmm. So just saying that you're free doesn't mean you're free. There are people who might claim that that are not free, but have deceived themselves. That's just a thought that came to me. Mm -hmm. it, well, that's exactly right. Now, if you if you have the testimony, well, then it's okay to go ahead and, and claim that that you're free from something if it's evidence that you're not bound in it. Mm -hmm. Okay. If if you truly are free from sin, then your life will show that. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's what he and. The things that uh, see, there are a lot of things at work here. We're we're kind of coming at it from the vantage of what is this freedom? What does it work? What are we free from? What are we free to? Type of a thing. But hand in hand with all of that, the other the other things that have been given us by Christ are working with that. That's right. They're not working independently. It's not like this over here, and then let's add some of this over here. No, it is like the Word of God is the Word of God. The salvation of God is the salvation of God, and all the things it provides are necessary. There's nothing that Jesus provided that is not essential. We need it all. So... Whenever you are free from sin, you have the working of the spirit, you have the cleansing of the blood, you have the creation of the new man, you have there everything, you have a love of the truth. There are things that come together. You start taking some of these things out and it falls apart. Mm -hmm. It's all necessary. We must be free. Amen. The children of God are free. Yeah. There were, were children. Remember there, it, it talked about Hagar being Mount Sion. I mean, uh, Sinai, mm -hmm. which was a an analogy of the law. The children of the bondwoman was 
he was cast out. But the child of promise was represented in Sarah. And so that was the one that God recognized. And it's the same, the same analogy follows over. If we are in Christ, he is the promised one from the garden, the seed of the woman that was promised from the very beginning. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. If we are in him, then we are free. And if we're not, then the best we could be would be people who are trying to follow some Amen. kind of a, a God ordained commandment, but they're not going to, they're not going to find any satisfaction in that, any success in that. The law was given to condemn sin, and it does it very well. Yes, the, the confirmation that you're free from sin is the obtainment of the things that are in Christ Jesus. That's right. If a person is not actually doing what Jesus is, seek first the kingdom of God, if they're not doing that, it's yeah. because they're not free. That's right. That's why they're not doing it. That's right. Amen. So then now, once you recognize this, this is good news. Jesus, when the Son makes you free, yeah. see, that's what needs to be done. That's, that's right. right. It's not that you need to seek first the kingdom yeah. of God. It's uh-huh. that independent. It's now that in Christ, you, you are free in order to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you don't do that, mm-hmm. if you don't, you remain in bondage to sin. Amen. Yeah, whenever... Oh, Sister Heather, go ahead. Reminding me of the verse in Galatians 5, uh, verse 1, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Yes, amen. Mm -hmm. Again. That's right. It's possible, again. That's right. Brother Justin? So if a person doesn't desire God above everything else, then they're not free. That's right. That's yeah. right. See, the freedom is in Christ. There is no freedom from sin. Now, in another place, Paul was talking about that uh, once we were free from righteousness, but now we've been freed from sin. So whenever you were free from righteousness, all you could do is sin. Now, in each one of these realms, there are two realms men can fall in. They can be free men or they can be in bondage. They think they're free. Mm -hmm. They are free to do evil to a a degree, but they're still not following their own self. They're not their own person. They are not autonomous. They are, they are doing the bidding of the ruler of whatever realm they're in. So if you're in this world, all you can do is wickedness. And, and I think it's the Proverbs. Uh, it says that, uh, a proud look and the plowing of the wicked is sin. Now, how can plowing your field be sin? It's because whenever you are over here, Mm -hmm. everything you do is disassociated with God and is not received of God. The wicked, when they plow their field, they're not thinking about the Lord. They're thinking about themselves. Mm -hmm. Over here, a person can be doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. They can be plowing. But they're doing everything to the glory of God. And God receives it. Now, see, there's the the, the plowing isn't the good and the bad thing. The person plowing makes it the good or the bad thing. Amen. 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 In Galatians 4 9, it, it brings out that a person can actually be in bondage to a religious system and think. Think everything's fine, but really they're they're just they're a slave to that system. Mm-hmm. They're not really serving God at all. Mm-hmm. They're just doing a few things from where they can feel better about themselves, and then they go on. That's this is not new life. This is not freedom. And so, but when when you're in Christ and and you're experiencing freedom and you're making progress, even at that moment, if you stop and you examine yourself and you consider yourself in. In comparison to Christ and in comparison to God, you'll you'll come to the conclusion 
I need to press in more. I need to push. You. See, it's not like we become, at any time in this world, we become so holy and so righteous that we don't need God anymore. See, this it's a, it's a wrong thinking. But see, I think a lot of systems, if you just follow their program, it kind of tends to make you think that, you know, you, you're doing better than you really are. And uh, But see, God's, he's, when you with the Spirit, uh, you serve God and, 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 and you come close to Him, you'll realize he, He's God, not me. I'm not the one in charge. He's the one in charge. And I think that, that humility's got to be there. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not saying that, that it's, it's not. I'm just saying that it, it, this is something that when you walk in the Spirit, this comes along with that. That's right. You know who you are then. You, you know who Christ is. You know who God is. And, and anyway, that's an observation. You know, whenever Paul said he was... He was a, um, expounding on the the old and the new nature he he said what i would do Uh i do not and that which i would not do that i do that was his conundrum there but whenever you are subjecting the flesh by the spirit which one is free the flesh or the spirit because it's the one that's ruling it's free to do what it wants the flesh can holler as much as it wants you do this do this but the one that's free can say no yeah Yeah. I, i can see that people people don't Define sin correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. They think of sin as that base, right, uh-huh. depraved yeah. things. But see, the scripture says, "Whatsoever is not of faith, faith is sin." Mm-hmm. It That's may right. look like it's really good. Mm-hmm. It may be philanthropy. It may be helping the poor. There's yeah. a lot of, but whatsoever is not of faith, that is motivated by faith, right. dictated by faith. Whatever it is, it doesn't make any difference what it is. Mm-hmm. It's sin. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Um, someone was argue, arguing, like discussing arguing, mm-hmm. not fighting, arguing, uh, about trying to justify themselves about how good they were and, and how would God not accept somebody who, how could God like reject good people? I said, well, that begs the question, are people without God good? Mm-hmm. First off. But he, they said something about hell. I says, well, there are two ways to go to hell. You can sin or you can fall short of the glory of God. And, or both. He says, if you want to be in heaven, you have to be in Christ who is perfect and who has we have been joined to so that we receive everything from him. Everything in Christ is approved and accepted and blessed. So when we are in Christ, then that puts us in that position. But if you're not in Christ, you're on your own and you have fallen short. Every every second of every minute, you're falling short of the glory of God. If you want to stand in heaven without Christ... You have got to be able to stand before the judgment seat of God and say, I'm here because I deserve to be. I'm just as good as you are. Well, that just is like it it hits you, even the thought of a person. Nobody's going to do that. There's going to be all humility before the judgment seat of God. But that's what would be required of you. If you can't do that, you need a Savior. And all men have fallen into that category. Yeah. All men need to be saved. Yeah. When I was working in the industrial world, we had a big factory, and people would get inside the gates from the outside, and then they'd get up and they'd try and pitch a tent or live on top of one of the buildings and take advantage of all of the amenities and the restrooms and so forth in the cafeteria. But when they were discovered, mm-hmm. they were not free to stay. They right. were ousted. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. so there are some people that try and take up residence mm -hmm. in what appears to be a gathering of the people of God, and they try and take up residence there. But God doesn't God doesn't receive people because of the ones they're associated with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're received if they're if they're associated with him yeah, that's right. through Christ Jesus. Then Amen. they're a legitimate citizen. Yes. If they're not living mm -hmm. by faith mm -hmm. and not associated with God mm -hmm. through Christ consciously, they're illegitimate. Yes. Right. They're not children and they're not citizens. What <clears throat> the whole point of salvation is that Christ is bringing us to God. Amen. None of these other things have that agenda. They're making you a nicer person. They're uh, promoting you by making you more upstanding in the community. They're, there's something in it, but if, the ultimate end of what they're after is not to come to God. Mm -hmm. So that right there... If I would, I have to judge myself by that standard. Is the end of, of what I'm endeavoring, what I am giving myself to, is it what God has declared about coming to him through his son? And then I trust in Jesus, just like we all would. Denominationalism has actually built barriers between heaven and earth because they've allowed for themselves to be in the place of God. You know, if you're a, you know, name the, name the denomination, if you're a, then you're in. And I used to tell people there are not going to be any church buses going to heaven. Everybody's got to go solo. You don't get to go in with the crowd. And only those in Christ, he is the door. Yes. And we have to enter in through the door. He's talking about a sheepfold a lot of times in that. But you've got to see that the door is that open door of heaven that Jesus has opened to us. In Romans 6, verses 16 through 22. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now... Yield your members, servants, to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. Mm -hmm. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin and become the servants of, to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Mm -hmm. Fruit unto holiness. Yes. Isn't that an intriguing phrase? Yes. And <clears throat> now what's going to be in heaven? Holiness, righteousness. So we're participating. See, this is an evidence that heaven has actually uh, intruded into the earth and yeah. disrupted the, the kingdom of the prince of the power of the air and overcome him. And in his people, that reign is being made manifest. When we do righteousness, that is an evident token that unrighteousness has been overthrown in Christ. When we do what is true, when we are faithful, we are again testifying to heaven and earth of the sufficiency and the power of Christ to save to the uttermost Amen. all those that come to God by him that's what the good news does the law points out the guilt of sin 
Yes. But the good news is that God has provided a, a complete and thorough remedy for that mm -hmm. situation. That's right. And we hold that out. We don't just say stop sinning. Uh -huh. See, that's not the message. That's the message to people that are in Christ. Yeah. Sin no more. But to the people that are engulfed in sin, we have this glad announcement. There's a way out of that situation. Mm -hmm. There's a remedy. There's life to be had. All right, now just think of yourself now. Somebody says to you, are you free? Now, if that's a serious question that they're asking you. Yeah. Okay, are you free? Do you know you're free? Mm -hmm. Prove it. Prove it to yourself first. Yeah. And then have evidence that you can point to, or rather that they can't ignore. That's, that's even better. They can't say, uh, I don't need to believe you. You're not any better than this, that, or the other. And if people have known you in your former life, and they see the changes, and they see that it's not a fad like a diet, you know, a goodness diet. I'm going to do good things for 30 days and make it a habit. It's, um, they're, they're not going to be, they'll be uncomfortable if they're not, if they're not inclined to believe. But they won't be able to say, that's a lie. Any more than whenever they accuse Christ. He says, if you don't believe me, believe me for my work's sake. Mm -hmm. He did things that verified that he was who he claimed he was. And it couldn't be denied. A person had to lie against it. But they couldn't truthfully deny it. And that's the way it is with his children. Mm -hmm. As Christ was in the world, so are we. The things that that uh, he he's the one that went before in all these things. And his children are, we're following in his train so that whenever we encounter any of the, those same things, our response is going to be the same that his was because we are of him, not of our old selves. We are of him. This is... Whenever I hear, I don't know that it's intentional, but whenever I hear people speak oft times, you get the distinct impression from the way that they present it that somehow we are, we're, we're maintaining ourself. All the things that, that make us us, we're maintaining that. And then Jesus is over there and he's sending grace and and power to help us to be a better me, a more righteous me. No, it's not, it is no more me. That's right, amen. That's right, it's not I. It is Christ in me. Amen, It is Christ, I am of Christ. He, think of how gracious this is. He has accepted us into himself. That's why you have all of these, these pictures of the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, the children of God. All of these relationships in and of themselves in the earth are close relationships, but they're only vague pictures, and they are all comprehended in us being put into Christ. Yeah. A minute ago, you asked us if we were free, and... Uh, those of us that nodded our heads, and then you said, prove it. Well, we don't need to prove it. Uh, the only person, or the only, the only being that needs to know if we're free is the Lord. We don't need to prove to man that we're free, because that way we're acquiescing to what man thinks he needs to hear from us. And it doesn't matter what he hears from us, it's what the Lord hears from us. Now, um, Jesus could answer that very well. And, and he did by, by giving miracles. We're in a slightly different situation, but as long as the Lord knows our heart, that's what matters. Yeah, the, we are free. That is the basis of our freedom. But uh, um, we, we also do prove it, not because we're arguing with them. It's not like you go up to somebody and go, I'm going to prove to you that I'm free. So 
you know, blah, 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 and here's what I've done. No, it's by being what Christ has made you. That's the proof. They can recognize it or they can deny it, but it's still there in front of them. And it is a proof because it can't be done in the flesh. Our faith is our proof. It's our evidence. And if if another person doesn't see that, that's not our problem. That's their problem. Yeah. Jesus came in the flesh and they didn't recognize him. Brother David, did you have a... If I claim to be free and tell other people I'm free and then they can see that I'm not, they just, they'll just label me as a hypocrite and discount what I say. And if rightly say, so. So uh, if, if I am free and I tell people I'm free, then if my life doesn't show it, well, I know I'm a hypocrite myself, but other people will see it. But if, if so in a sense... I don't need to prove it to anybody else, but people will look at my life and see if there has been a change. And if not, no matter what I say, they'll say, well, I can see how well it's working for you, so no thank you. Yeah. Well, see, you don't prove it by telling them I'm free. That's not what I meant by prove it. Not giving them an uh, an argument, a verbal argument. Well, I'm free because of, and then list some things. You prove it by being what God made you. Yes. That's, that's the proof of it. If you say that you believe, in which case you'd be free, right? If, you, if you're a believer, you've been made free in Christ. Well, then you're going to evidence that freedom in doing the things that please God, wherein you couldn't do before because you were the servant of sin. Because as he is, so are we in the world. That's right. Uh, Sister Heather? In Galatians 5, um, Paul writes to the church, For brethren, ye have been called into liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Mm -hmm. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I see that we do have the fruits of love Mm -hmm. Serving one another in the freedom. Yeah, uh, here's another one in First Peter, uh, verse, uh, chapter two, verses fifteen and sixteen. For so is uh, so is the will of God, that with well doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Mm-hmm. So there you have the exercise of that freedom. It'll be exercised mm-hmm. to righteousness, yes, amen. to well-doing. Amen. So uh, you, it, if, you, if you are doing sin, you're the servant of sin. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. Amen. If you're free, yeah. you're going to be free to do the works of righteousness. You've That's been right. released from that. He, whenever Jesus, whenever he came, he, he destroyed what hindered and barred you from being able to come to God. Mm-hmm. He's one of the, one of the condemnations of the wicked one is that he, he did not let his prisoners go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. He wouldn't release them. Just like Pharaoh did with, with Israel. He wasn't going to let them go. And he thought he had the power to make that happen. But God intervened. Satan doesn't let his prisoners go free. But God intervened through his son. And he, he, Satan was made to let them go. He didn't have a choice but to let them go. In that sense, we were freed. Mm-hmm. We were saved. There's an element of deliverance. Mm-hmm. Of notice, God didn't just just didn't speak a word down uh-huh. and and do things that uh, wouldn't have been just. In order, He didn't bend the rules. He didn't deny Himself mm-hmm. in saving men, mm-hmm. but. He's a person of the Godhead mm-hmm. can.
came and brought salvation. He personally delivered it, so to speak, effected it, and is continuing Mm -hmm. to to, um, uphold it, Mm -hmm. keep it together. And so this, uh, this salvation is... It has such an imp- uh, a personal involvement of God, just like the creation of the first man was more personal than the rest of the the uh, terrestrial and and natural creation. Nothing else was formed out of the dust of the earth and then breathed into. Just mankind. That was it. Yeah. Well, when salvation come, a person of the Godhead came. And he brought grace and truth. And then, after he broke the bonds of sin for all who would believe, then he gave his spirit, another person of the Godhead. Mm-hmm. And the three dwell in us, mm-hmm. but they they abide in us through the spirit, through the indwelling of the spirit. Yes. Amen. Now, you talk about a great salvation. You talk about people that have cause to understand that they have been made free so that whenever the old confronts us, Mm -hmm. when something comes and tries to tempt us away from that, we can remember this great salvation that Jesus himself brought it Mm -hmm. and the spirit himself dwells in us and God in Christ by the spirit and that their works are powerful in us. Yeah. We're not, we, without them, it's not like we're generating it. We're not generating any of this. We're participating in it. Amen. Yeah. Okay, we're giving them Brother Robert. <laughs> the magnitude of salvation is, is not like a static thing. Like there's a line of demarcation and salvation occurs, which is true. But see, you're, you're in the body. Mm-hmm. And knowing you are free is something you grow in. Mm-hmm. You find you grow sometimes. Yes. You know, people say they're free, but they they don't realize they're free. So they make wrong choices. They're mm-hmm. drawn easily drawn aside. So in your spiritual growth, you are so to speak finding out your freedom. Mm-hmm. Stand yeah. fast in the liberty. That's mm-hmm. what that's saying about you working out your own salvation, right. fear and tremble. Yeah. You discover this. There's freedom that you don't have to run down every little side path and every tributary. You don't have to sail off on it. You don't have to do that, but you've got to find that out by working working out your own salvation. So when you are serious about serving God, you are serious about you discover this freedom. Mm -hmm. People should should not be talking about freedom if they don't if they're not experiencing that freedom and recognize it. That's right. Uh, the freedom no, no, no. isn't realized just by a proclamation of it. Yes. Uh-huh. It's when you work out your own salvation, that's yeah. how God works. That's right. What he what he gives does does function just exactly like he says it does. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is why it'll be disappointing to you. You'll see people that are professed Christians. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really wrong about it, but they're too easily distracted. When it comes to the things of God, they're drawn off on bypass. Yet there's not a word in the Bible that says that's wrong. Mm-hmm. But they but they left something to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. They forfeited some commitment to God to do that. Mm-hmm. By taking a picnic on Sunday when you could gather with the saints. That's, these choices are where you find out personally a mm-hmm. test that you're free in Christ you can actually avoid this and cleave to that mm-hmm. yeah you're you know that you're free in Christ when you see that you that the life that is is being lived out here in you is the life that Christ gives and not a different we all exist. Some of some of us, and all of us have been in the past, were dead in trespasses and sins. Now we still exist here. Our bodies still exist. But 
We've died to sin. A person can take like a scholastic approach to faith. Right. So they've got a lot of questions, going to answer a lot of questions. This is the bypass. This is the, this is not even a legitimate pursuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're you're not to pursue something. You're to pursue Christ. That's right. Uh-huh. It's a person you're pursuing, not a position, yeah. not an understanding. It's Christ. And then if you if you do appropriate Christ and you do live for me to live as Christ. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Then, then you you find out by experience. You find out this freedom and these benefits mm-hmm. and these blessings. You discover them, mm-hmm. and you prefer them. Amen. I thank God it's that way. Yeah. It, you know, people like to argue about works and stuff like that, but how do you tell what's in a person except by what they say and what they do and where they go? How do you know? If I was a mute, deaf, blind, quadriplegic, I could sit in here with you guys all day long and you wouldn't have a clue what kind of person I was. Why? Because my body was would not be giving any evidences of it. I wouldn't be looking interested when people are talking about the Lord. I wouldn't I wouldn't have any insights. If I did, I wouldn't have any means of sharing them. Um, if somebody didn't bring me here, I wouldn't even be here. You know, that sort of thing. So nobody would really know anything. Our works manifest what is inside. That's the importance. And Jesus is bringing a righteous people. Yes. In the the epistles, particularly Paul and the others, Peter and John also, when they commended somebody... It was always for what they did, mm-hmm. for what they said. If they rebuked somebody, it was always because of what they did mm-hmm. or what they said. Why? Because we are God created man, so you know what man is by what he says and does. That's what betrays. That's how they knew who Jesus was. They knew who Jesus was by the way he spoke and the way he lived. That's that's what attested. And then he said, which of you convinces me of sin? Well, they couldn't. Mm -hmm. They couldn't convince him of sin because that's really what... He was who he said he was. Mm -hmm. Now, our objective is to be what we say we are. And at the day of judgment, that assessment is going to be made by God himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, We're not called to judge the hearts of men. Jesus could do that. Nobody knew who Judas was until he actually betrayed Christ. He looked pretty good, actually. He was an apostle, a real apostle. Finally, an outed who he was, finally. Right. He came out at the last. It was at the last. Yeah. So, all right. Are we done? All right. We'll go ahead and and close there. We'll continue discussion over breakfast. So. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this time. We pray that you would bless these things to our our hearts and to our understanding. We pray that we might give glory to thee and that we would we would indeed fulfill all your desire in in saving us and those that shall be saved also. We ask it in Christ's name with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Amen.